Hello and welcome to Game on Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. And this is episode 30, and we're going to be talking about Borderlands 2 today. On September 18th, uh, Gearbox released Borderlands 2 which is a sequel to the original 2009 hit Borderlands. Uh, Borderlands 2 is a unique and creative role-playing action first-person shooter that takes place on the planet Pandora. So it's it's following in the footsteps of we're seeing a lot of games sort of intermeshing or meshing up and mixing up the genres as we've known them, and Borderlands 2 and Borderlands is no exception to that. The world of Pandora is a sort of deranged spaghetti western full of bandits, bad guys, megalomaniacs, psychopaths, and enormous vicious creatures. And all they want to do is come after you. There's lots of bad guys. Lots. Lots of bad guys and lots of really crazy looking bad guys too. There's a treasure on Pandora rumored to be of inestimable wealth, and you've come to find it. You're sort of a treasure hunter, or they call it, I guess, everybody vault hunters. In this wild west in space, so space cowboys, as some of us are Firefly fans, you get to play space cowboy, you're at odds with pretty much everybody you encounter, including the self-proclaimed leader of Pandora, Handsome Jack. Rhonda has experience playing Borderlands, the original. I, I didn't play Borderlands, and Borderlands 2 is my first experience with the franchise. So, Yeah, I'm a big fan of the original Borderlands, and so I'm very curious to hear someone who is just now entering the franchise with Borderlands 2, what their first reaction is. is that The Borderlands, uh, the first, was a surprise hit, actually, and... Um, so I'm curious to see coming in at this point what you think about it. Um, if you want, why don't we just kind of skip through some uh, topics and just hit on the uh, high points. So let's start with the characters and the character classes. What character class have you played so far? I'm playing Zero. The, the Oh, okay. I know. I, <laughs> which is apparently not what anybody expected me to play. <laughs> no, not even me. Yeah. Uh. Um, but it was the... The opening credits and watching the opening um, cutscene uh, with the great music, which I don't know anything oh. about the music, but I love the song. And so I sat through and I watched that. And there's a scene where Zero uh, does like the the morph ability, where he goes uh-huh. one space to like five feet in front of him. And I was like, "That's the one I want." <laughs> <laughs> So that's why that's why I grabbed that one. Actually, I was playing with with Mark. I've been playing with Mark, and um, I haven't played with Ryan yet. But um, who were in episode five, Secret Geek, Geek Shame. So I've been playing with those guys. And Mark was like, "How come you didn't play?" I, I don't know what her name is off the top of my head, but the one female Maya. Maya, yeah. How come you didn't play Maya? And I'm like, I just wanted to try something different. I've been trying to sort of push myself into doing different things, and so the assassin was along those lines. So what did you think of the the character creation? I thought it was pretty cool. I like the, you know, the different skins. I, of course, um, anybody who knows me knows I sort of have this tendency toward purple, at least recently. Mm. Um, You know, you might notice that it's on the purple. It's on the website color. (laughs) Yes, shocking, shocking. (laughs) My tendency toward purple. So the first thing I did was select the skin that turned uh, Zero's uh, glasses and his face details purple so 
that was that was one of the first things I did. So that's that was sort of a quick way I thought of marking myself and identifying myself because I have been playing multiplayer. So and did you rename him? I did. I, I named him Hersassin. Hersassin? Hersassin. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. I like that too. <laughs> Very clever. I try. I, I do have my moments on occasion. So, um, so yeah, I did pick my own name. I, you know, as, as someone who has been a RPG gamer primarily, there's always that sort of moment where I'm like, oh, I don't get to really play around here as much as I may want to in the character creation. Mm-hmm. But given the environment of Borderlands, just the style, I really like that the characters sort of stay within that mm. that feeling because it, it creates a kind of, sort of a genuine experience that everybody kind of looks, everybody has that look. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. And that, that's really actually a great way of putting it because the w- one of the trademark things to me about the Borderlands franchise is this y- unique look. Mm-hmm. They've got a, a very recognizable style. Mm-hmm. The, the character creation as far as picking a class and stuff like that it is somewhat different from the original. I was actually kind of surprised to hear that the original four characters were not going to be in the sequel. In other words, the the four characters you could pick from in the beginning was um, a siren, uh, Malachi, who was a sniper type, Brick, who's a berserker, and Roland, who was a soldier. Mm. And then when the whole new group came out and it was... Maya and Axton and I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, what, <laughs> what are you doing to my cha- game? <laughs> yeah. Why change everything? Well, you, you find out in the story and in the world, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually really like that. It is, I guess, truly a sequel. Right. Right. Yeah. And they did change up the abilities a little bit. I've, you know, when you talk to these guys and we got to hear them speak at dragon con, when you sit down and you're, you're brainstorming about these kind of things, I mean, they just, you just have a million creative ideas. And I think that they not only integrated some improvements, but they were able to play around creatively with four new characters. Right. You still have got the basic playing styles. Like you mentioned, I mean, zero is a, a, a sniper and right. an assassin, mm-hmm. sort of a, a sneaking kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maya has, I don't know what kind of powers that they say that, that she's got, but she's got environmental shifting powers. Right. And then there's Brick, the berserker and the soldier, but they're, they're just altered just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of change, sort of a little variety in, yeah. in, in the gameplay with the new characters. Yeah. And the, I, the, the audience obviously, and especially me just loves the idea of being able to do just a little bit more customization. Mm-hmm. Borderlands one was uh, marketed as an RPG and you really had very little customization there as far as appearance mm-hmm. is concerned. You could change the clothes colors. I think that was it. Uh, but the, all, all the RPG there was in the skill building tree, mm-hmm. uh, creating and customizing whether or not that they were going to concentrate their en- elemental damage on fire or explosions. Right. What, how, how strong their powers or regeneration was going to be and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, 
the cool thing is that, I mean, they kept the skill tree for Borderlands 2 and they've added these small customization items and you pick more and more of those up as you play the game. Right. Yeah. And that's, that was one of the things I found the most intriguing about the gameplay was, you know, the, the, um, the class-based, um, mods that you can pick up. I got my first one as I was playing last night and that, and I thought that was really interesting. And then the badass points I thought were, I, I love the, I love the structure of that. And I love that that is, applicable to all the characters that you play so if you play multiple characters you you get those bonuses for everybody because that that gives you incentive to have more than one character (laughs) because you know you don't feel like that was one of the you know the big complaints and one of the reasons why i never got really serious about rolling any alts in world of warcraft because like oh god i have to do all this stuff again (laughs) and to know that i can hop in and already have some buffs on a new character i think that 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 that's really something that i think is a really smart move in terms of structure for the game yeah, it, and it's new to Borderlands mm-hmm. too. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, Mark was saying as we were playing last night. The only probably disappointing thing is even though you get to customize these characters, you don't get to see them very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that way too. Um, but I've always had that feeling about shooters when all you can see is somebody's hand. I, I you know, I'm very much like the third person perspective. So <laughs> I yeah. think that too. <laughs> the, the, the neat thing is though, that there are in the dashboard and the startup of the game and in the new use station, mm-hmm. you do get a really good look at your character yeah. than you did before. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty handy. That's a pretty handy way to look at it. So, yeah, I don't think that the importance of the, the skins it's either lost on some people mm-hmm. or they, they just don't appreciate it as much. When I was playing, I went, I found a customized skin in one of the vending machines and, and bought it. And, and John's like, I can't believe you bought that skin. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to save your money for something else? I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, this is fantastic. You've got to be kidding me. I want them all. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, a little bit of mastery coming out there, uh, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I am a collector. I, yeah, I will collect. yeah, yeah, I can, I can wholeheartedly appreciate that. Yeah. Well, now I think the graphics are are pretty fantastic and pretty unique. But as a, a first person playing the Borderlands franchise, what do you think of the the general look of the graphics? I feel like I walked into a sophisticated graphic novel. Oh, nice and, description. Yeah, and it's just that that was my first, my initial impression within the first, I'd say, 30 seconds of being in the game is like, I'm in a graphic novel, and I love it. And 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 I think they're playing on that a little bit, you know, like when you encounter the different characters and they come up and you get the picture of them with their name next to it and that kind of like Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's But it totally fits with kind of the, the idea and the world and the design of it all. And, mm-hmm. and, and so that was, that was my first, my initial impression. I'm like, I'm playing in a graphic novel, which I think is, you know, and not, not a comic book, but a graphic novel. No, you have exactly. that sophistication of, 
the the landscape like i i stood you know in the lobby when you're waiting when you're playing multiplayer on um pc so i'm playing on steam so if anybody wants to come play with me you know hit me up on steam at doc liz with two z's and so i've been playing on steam and you know you wait in the lobby and you can actually spin around and look around at at sort of you're kind of up on a a peak on top of a, a mountain in pandora and you can look at like the you can spin your character around and look at the landscape And I was waiting Mm -hmm. for other people to get in the game. I was doing that and I was looking at it and I'm like, wow, the detail is like so outstanding. But it's still like, you know, we had discussed it before and you had mentioned how it was it was cartoon. It's clear it's drawn, but it's still so real. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very it's like I think graphic novels, the best description. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's very sophisticated like today's mm-hmm. comics are. Exactly, exactly. And it has that depth. And one of the things that I am loving about, you know, I haven't been introduced to the characters before since I didn't play the original Borderlands. So I don't know the characters. I know that a lot of the characters in it are recurring characters like Scooter and and some other people who are coming back into it. Um, but I love that they establish so much depth in their characters in a really short, you know, period of time. Like yeah. in just your first interaction, actions you have a really good idea from the dialogue and where they're standing and what they're doing or whatever it is that you know however they're placed within the world places them within the story and that's just that's master that's masterful you know to be able to do that and have so much meaning come out of you know that kind of setup i think was really absolutely spectacular master i think is a really good term for it because when you're when you're able to be that efficient mm-hmm. with your memory with your space with the real estate you have on a screen and with your time with your with your user i mean a gamer's if if a gamer is sitting down depending on the type of game they play will expect to spend a certain amount of time with the story Mm -hmm. with the gameplay etc and they they seem to hit the note They've, they've definitely got a rhythm yes um for that yeah exactly i don't notice any noticeable changes in their graphics. And I think that that is probably extremely purposeful because they are immediately identifiable. Mm -hmm. I think it's what differentiates them. If you pick up a magazine or you see a screenshot online, you know exactly what game you're looking at. Right. And that uh, it was just very smart of them. The, The style, it's interesting, I heard at... DragonCon, when they were speaking, that the the original concept of the game was actually hyper realism, hmm. and when they were working on it, it, it it just wasn't working. The designers and artists came and they said, "Well, this is the idea we had, mm-hmm. and that's what you see. That and that's the thing that worked for the theme. And they know their style. You can tell." that it is a part of them. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something that's forced. Right. It's just it's just beautifully flawless. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you you know, you step into it and it's encompassing, but it's not overwhelming. And yeah. one of the issues I tend to have with shooters that are sort of in that hyper realistic uh, mode is is that I get overwhelmed by my surroundings and by spinning around and the way the landscape moves. Mm, and I don't I don't feel that way in Borderlands at all. I, I get a little overwhelmed because it, it is a really fast paced game. 
Yes. But uh, but I still enjoy all of that uh, uh, sort of absorbing and stepping in and, and, you know, stepping into all that stuff. So definitely. Well, now, one of the things that did change sort of dramatically from the original is the navigation. Mm-hmm. And so being a first timer into the game, what do you think of the individual character dashboard where you manage all of your stuff? I think it's interesting. I, I like the way the I like the way the skill screens are done, like the um, the talent points and and the skills that mm. you're building. Yeah, I I like the setup for that and the way the uh, active screens move. I've I've I have a little trouble with the UI when I'm equipping weapons. <laughs> I'm swapping in and out to swap from one weapon if I get something new and I don't equip it right away. I I have a little trouble going in and digging through my inventory and figuring out how I click from one to the other. I didn't find that to be intuitive. Yeah, there's oh. a, there, I, I would say, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of a, a learning curve yeah, there because there's, yeah. there's just so much going on. Yeah, there, there's a lot to, and the, the, there's something about clicking from the inventory into your active inventory that was, it, I, I kept, I, I hung up on it multiple times. So I, I know that I'm, I'm still sort of learning how to, to switch back and forth between them. And, and so, you know, I've got it by the, by the end of last night when I had, you know, finished playing five or six hours, um, I had a better grasp of it, but at first it was really kind of awkward for me to, to get not to switch, you know, have the, you know, I'm playing with a mouse so I can roll in between my guns easily enough when I'm playing. It's just when I'm in the inventory, I'm not, I'm not having it sort of in, intuitively managed so I can switch back and forth between things or the same issue. We, you know, we're looking at the, um, um, the badass points and you can get a badass point for um, for trading. <laughs> so if you initiate a trade with another player. And so I went to do that and that interface was absolutely unintuitive. <laughs> I could oh, really? not for the life of me figure out how to click on something and put it in the trade window. <laughs> Oh, wow. I haven't tried to trade with anybody yet. Usually I just drop the item I want to give away. Yeah, well, that's that. I'm not used to the trade. That's what we started resorting to. We wanted to get that badass point. So we're like, well, we should walk through and try to figure this out. And it's like, yeah, it's just a lot easier to drop something on the ground than it is to go in and actually initiate. So did you trade. ever figure it out? Uh, I did not know. <laughs> One of the other people I was playing with traded with me. And so I got the point from it because they had initiated the trade, but I couldn't figure out how to get how to get it from your inventory into the trade window and and I don't know if it's you know some usually things like this it's something really simple that I was just totally missing but it it just didn't happen (laughs) yeah and the the difference here too we also want to be sure and point out um, Regina is obviously she's playing on a PC I'm playing on PlayStation Um, I haven't talked to anybody who's played on the Xbox yet. So the, the navigation, as far as the controls are concerned, what buttons are used to do what, I'm not quite sure what's going on on your screen. Yeah. The difference Um, in control and what you're clicking on that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I do know that there is, I mean, there's just a ton going on Um, in this dashboard. Yeah. It's it's insane. Like it's, it's, it's a little overwhelming at first. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, but, but I mean, it, it gives you a lot of control. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is from the first game, mm-hmm. um, believe it or not, there are some improvements. That's that's good. 
That's good. Um, the first the first game the the graphics are are very simple. They're flat mm-hmm. and they're they're opaque. Whereas the the new visuals are sort of holographic. Yes, and they float in 3D. Mm-hmm. It's very snazzy and bells and whistles. But yeah. As far as the organization's concerned and what's available in the dashboard, uh, that is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. It's some nuances that they have made some changes to. And really, I think once you get used to it, and I'd be curious as to whether the, there's some difficulty here is the difference between the platform you're playing on or not. Yeah. That I'd be interested in. Yeah, that. it could be. I don't, you know, I've, one of the things that we ran into playing Dungeon Defenders is that that was a platform game that was translated into PC. And so a lot uh, of the controls weren't fluid for that reason, because it was going from one to the next. And so, and I don't know, it'd be interesting to know that actually, if it's yeah. designed, if this, if Borderlands 2 or Borderlands or any of them, which one they design first for or or if they have like completely different teams to you know to look at the different ways that they put the things together well there's no question though that it is it, it is involved oh. it is complicated yeah. but at the same time i believe i mentioned to you at one point that i i found it difficult figuring out how to get into like multiplayer role mode and online mode and stuff like that but in the navigation of the dashboard, if you can kind of slow down mm-hmm. and read the instructions that they've got at the bottom. Read. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I got to finally doing because I just start pushing things. Right. I mean, quite honestly, <laughs> yeah, I just I start mashing things and moving things around. And they do have pretty good hints. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're not having difficulty because there is a lot going on there. But on the, the screen that she's actually talking about, that there are two panels. One panel shows you what you actually have equipped and ready to use. And then there's a panel that shows you basically what's in your backpack or right. what's in inventory. Right. She's talking about moving things back and forth between, I want to equip this and unequip something right. else. Right. And not only do you have weapons, or they're all guns, in your inventory, you also have shields, Mm -hmm. you have customization options, you have grenade mods, you've got elemental mods, there's all kinds of things in your inventory. Mm -hmm. Well, last night, I discovered the absolute best improvement that they made in Borderlands 2. Oh, really? And I was so euphoric. I just, I was like, John, John, you've got to see this. (laughs) One of the things in the inventory in the original that was so difficult is that you picked up tons of weapons and then you can resell them and you can get money, but you've got to sort through those and try to determine, okay, did I pick up a better weapon? Do I need to re-equip and then sell, you know? Right. Right. And it was always really difficult. In the original, it would sort your inventory by type of weapon. So it would sort all the shotguns together. And Well, in the new one, I noticed you get three sort options. You can sort just by uh, weapons and then shields and then uh, grenade mods. Right. Or you can sort by type. And you can also sh- sort by producer oh, or the maker. Yeah. yeah. 
That was that was a nice just to add a, a bit in there. This that was a really interesting thing that I hadn't picked up on that Mark actually pointed out to me that the the guns were actually made by different companies, you know, and mm-hmm. sort of the the different groups that are are on Pandora. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. Oh, this is yeah. the Jacob. So this is you know whatever else the other ones were. So yeah, so it was pretty cool. So I didn't know you could sort that way. The thing I think is the default is by type then, right? Because mine mine has weapons, yeah. shields, and grenades. Yeah. Yeah, that's the default. And in the original, that was one of the things that I wanted was to be able to sort the weapons by type Mm -hmm. because I I had come across and wanting to find a particular Maliwan and couldn't find it. Right. And I would have to go look at every single weapon. Right. And figure figure out out whether or not I had a Maliwan or not. Yeah. So that's one thing I found last night. But the other thing that's even better, as you're sorting through this inventory and you've got like at the very beginning of the game, you got five repeaters mm-hmm. in your inventory. Right. And you know you want to sell three of them. Well, you leave, you go to the vending machine. It's like, okay, now which three were they? Right. Well, in your dashboard, you can now mark your weapons. Right. You can X them out or you can star them. Right. And, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's Xing and starring all over the place. I'm like, this is so much easier. Yeah. Yep. And that makes the transaction at the vending machines so much faster. Yeah, so you can just go through it. That was actually a feature. The first time I saw that was in um, DDO, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Online. Uh, you could mark things as trash as you pick them up. You could say, oh, I, cool. I don't want, and then when you go to the vendor, you just click a button that says sell all trash, you know, and you could lock the things like if you wanted to keep a sep- separate set of gear for a particular, you know, play style that you, you had, you could lock them so that you wouldn't accidentally sell them. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that that was just fantastic because it gives you that visual clue to say, okay, now I did want to keep this because it's hard to keep in mind when you're carrying, you know. 15 guns around. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes the time the user has for managing things and going to the vending machine and trying to dump some stuff or you're in the mid, you're in the middle of a mission and you've picked up a really great weapon right. or you find a really great weapon, but you're full right. and you can't pick it up. So what do you drop? Right. Well, now I've got to stop and look through here and compare right. everything. Right. Um, that just, that was just really, yeah. really. And I think I noticed now that you're talking about this, that it actually ranks in, in the order that it has in your inventory. I think it does from like the top colors. I don't know if it, it sorts within the colors, but it'll put like your greens and then like your white, like your trash ones at the bottom of the inventory as well. Oh yeah, I'm not sure. I I don't. I, I didn't notice that, but that would make sense. I think I noticed that yesterday that the white ones that I knew were things that I was just picking up to sell, it automatically put on the bottom of my inventory. Mm-hmm. So I I knew that those were things that, and they're you know they were white, so they don't have any special abilities like the greens or the blues or the purples do. So yeah, um, having those on the bottom helped me too because I could scroll down and know okay I know I want to get rid of these three white ones that I just picked up to sell, and so I would do those really quickly and then go look through the rest of what I had. The weapon management is tough, but I have to say that is one of the things that I missed in the Mass Effect games, mm-hmm. the the weapons seem to not have very much consequence. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get 
enough specs on the weapons. I couldn't determine whether or not that I wanted to buy a better weapon. Right. It just seems like sort of a side thing right. in Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. And I really love the idea that I, my success is dependent upon how I equip myself, which makes sense. I have more more to do with the battle than just picking up whichever, you know. Right. It's a sniper or a shotgun. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was one of the things that I was grappling with last night because I had a I don't I don't know anything about guns or any of this stuff. So <laughs> if I get this all wrong, I apologize ahead of time. So I had a gun that was red and had like a face with teeth painted on it. Oh, isn't that famous? It was really awesome. <laughs> and it was, I'm assuming a, a Gatling gun of some sort where it would, it started out slow and then it sped up as you were shooting it. Uh-huh. So I had that and then I got dropped a I got dropped a mod, a class mod that would up my abilities if I was using a sniper rifle. And a sniper rifle also dropped. So I had to go like between this like okay, do I get rid of the smiley gun or and <laughs> the the uh, you know the assassin one cuz the other guns I had I knew I was keeping cuz I have a purple Jacobs um a pistol of some sort that's like super cool and worth like i don't know 1600 cash or something awesome. <laughs> so yeah that just happened and it was just a i don't remember where it had come from but it had dropped and i'm like oh no i'm keeping that because it's super accurate and it's really easy to use and the other gun i have because i have three slots for guns now is uh something that launches things that blow up <laughs> it's not a gr- grenade launcher but an uh, incendiary um ammo uh-huh. and so i oh, knew yeah, i was yeah. i was keeping that one because i was like oh this is just too much fun because it shoots out like six uh, projectiles at a time and so oh wow go go and it's got a, a, a scope on it that brings it in really tight so i can be really far back and know exactly where i'm shooting it and then mm. watch the guys like burn up on on fire which oh that's fantastic i don't know there's just something with me about like setting things and people on fire in game because that was one of the reasons why i liked my warlock so much in world of warcraft because she set things on fire <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. I wonder what that says about me. That's uh, moving on. That's one of the, the <laughs> new things that we like too about the uh, the transition screens mm-hmm. or the load screens is the 3D views of the guns. Yes, yes. I've, I've been enjoying that myself, looking yeah. and being able to see and saying, "Ooh, I wonder when I get to find something that looks like that." Yes. You, well, and you look at those and you're just like, oh, you know, they had so much fun coming up. Oh, totally. I mean, I was looking at the face on the Gatling gun and the, you know, the, you know, the eyes and the smile that were on that one face and that one gun. And I'm like, wow, this is really somebody had just a blast putting this together. Yeah. And I picked up a couple of pistols that when you reload them, you you throw them and they become a grenade. Yeah. That's the pretty TD fun too. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit that's pretty fun too. So. <laughs> Yeah, great options. They they yeah. they talked about that at at Dragon Con when they were sitting around brainstorming about what all the guns could do, mm-hmm. and one of the guys said, "Well, what if when you needed to reload, you just throw the gun at your enemy?" And the guy said, "Well, not just that. Let's make the gun explode when it <laughs> So you can just imagine. Okay, this is yeah. my day at work. Yeah, exactly. This is what I did today. <laughs> I came up with an idea to you know throw a gun and have it blow up on somebody." <laughs> Well, before we leave the the navigation, I wanted to bring up one more thing that most people may not have noticed, but I did, and I want to just point it out because I just want to give a little kudo to Gearbox for noticing this, but 
on one of the screens, you can look at the list of all of your missions and it will just give you a nice quick list and it'll show which ones you've got active, which are yet to be done and Mm -hmm. which are accomplished. And whichever one is highlighted, it'll give you a brief description on the side about what it is and what you're supposed to do, what level it is, blah, blah, blah. Those descriptions always confused me because when I get done with a mission, then you've got to go turn it in at its original source. Right. Well, you're picking up missions in all different maps mm-hmm. within Pandora. Yeah. And I was having the hardest time trying to figure out where to, where turn to go back. In. Yeah. Well, they've made a change that in the description, they actually highlight in a different color the names of the locations that are involved with that mission. Nice. And that just makes a big difference yeah. that you don't have to sit there and read through everything. You can quickly go and make a reference. Oh, that's on a different map. Right. I'll wait and do that later yep. or whatever. Um, just a real nice touch. And I noticed it, guys. I just want to let you know. I it's little touches like that that, yeah. that mean a lot. Yeah, and, and it's it's funny because it can be the simplest thing and, and it can have the greatest impact on, on how you're playing the game. So, And I'll, I'll just make a small note here. I may mention it again at the end, but the maps in Borderlands 2 are harder to read. Interesting. I was wondering about that because that would be... That is one of the things that I'm having a harder time with, like trying to figure out where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. they're very involved, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate the detail. The detail, yeah. But they really didn't lose, or they didn't gain any detail in Borderlands Two. Mm-hmm. It's actually the the um, texture or something. Mm-hmm. They're very grainy, and I'm wondering if it's that holographic 3D view. It could be. They could be. That's making it a little harder to read. Yeah, that that um, uh, clear sort of uh, look and and the sort of the bells and whistles for how cool that stuff is might be part of what's causing that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, now the uh, next thing we want to talk about is the the world build mm-hmm. or the story mm-hmm. and the environment, this world of Pandora. So the the thing that I'm interested in hearing about is the world and story mm-hmm. from your viewpoint, just entering the franchise at Borderlands 2. Uh, what do you think about Pandora and what's going on there? I'm well, it's a, I'm a little disoriented, I think, because I don't have the backstory of Borderlands sort of to be taken into it. But I did watch the opening video, like I said, with the very compelling music score and, and watch sort of the story evolve from that. And you know, I find it a really compelling world and I find the storytelling to be spectacular. And, mm. and I don't say that lightly because my background is in studying literature. So I, I know a good story, <laughs> you know, and I know when when a story is told well. And I feel like I'm still get, I'm getting from everything I interact with. I feel like I learn a little bit more about the world and what's going on and what's happening and who's there and who everybody is and what their personalities and their roles are. And I don't want to give any spoilers away, but, and I know that I'm interacting with characters from my friends that I've been playing with have told me, Oh, well this character was in, you know, the original borderlands 
So I know these are some some are established characters, uh, but when we got to the uh, uh, boss fight that we finished with last night, a character dropped down out of the sky and was you know sort of resurrected, and then we you know and to fight with us, and I was like, oh, this is awesome! So much was told about that character in maybe fifteen or twenty seconds of interaction, mm. and I really think that that is skillful storytelling that I that I as a as a new best somebody new to the franchise who doesn't know the history you know I know the history of the name because the name of the character has it carries a lot of weight to it um mythologically so I know all that but then to see that person show up in this world and have a sense of who that person is and what their role is in the story within 15 or 20 seconds is really really powerful and really well done storytelling Good. That's good to hear because the story in games is not usually the a high point on my list, yeah. typically, unless the game actively engages you, sort of like Mass Effect does. I mean, everything's kind of driven by your choices there and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I do not remember the, the plot of the original Borderlands driving me that much. I just enjoyed playing it. Right. But going into this one, like I said, the introduction of new characters made me curious, and it's exactly the way you're saying they're they're con- enriching that story. Right. I think mm-hmm. uh, that that's a point that they enriched, and I think that's along with the character development, an, an advancement in right. their in their franchise. Yeah, and in how they're engaging the game, and how they're how they're making and writing the game. Yeah. I have to say, though, I'm having a hard time grasping uh, Handsome Jack as an as the bad guy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether or not it's because I haven't exactly had an encounter with him mm-hmm. and experienced his uh, badness or evilness. <laughs> but he's sort of like, I don't know, like Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. They're doing the good looking guy bad guy thing yeah he's charming right you know he's suave and by all appearances this is not an evil person right and even on the audio recordings in borderlands 2 when jack is talking he does not sound he sounds like the the you know the hit of the party right 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 so he i'm sounds kind like of, your I'm, typical hero Yes, yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I, I already have theories because that's what I do. So <laughs> <laughs> I already have theories about I, I don't think Jack is going to be. I mean, I, I, I well, I'm, I'm not going to say what I think. <laughs> yeah, we'll revisit that. We'll come back when, when we've gone through the story. I don't want to I don't want to like launch any conspiracy theories out there. But I've got some <laughs> evolving in my head already. I was voicing last night as I was playing with my friends. and They're like, oh, you're crazy. And I'm like, yeah, you just wait. Because <laughs> all too often this. people go to the movies with me and I'm like, oh, she did it. And they're like, how do you know that? Like already? I'm like, because it's just the way stories are told. Yeah, there's something. Oh man! I know I can really ruin ruin things for people. So I try to I try to keep my mouth shut when I when I know what's what's happening or I have a really good and perfect example is the most recent Batman movie. I knew who the real bad guy was from I don't know 15 minutes into the movie. I'm like, oh, this ah. is the bad guy. <laughs> and there was no indication, no outward indication, but I was like, oh, that's the person who we need to watch out for. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not going to see movies with you. No, it's no. not. No offense. I keep no. it to myself. I don't say that oh, very okay. often. I'd, uh, after award, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I knew. I'd, you remember when this scene happened? And it's like, you know, at the very beginning of the movie, I'm like, then I knew that person was a bad guy. And they're like, how did you figure that out already? I'm like, oh. That's what I do. <laughs> well, now we we love the graphics mm-hmm. and the character development and, and the story. We've mentioned a lot of things, but I mean, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything if the game doesn't play well, right? Right. And as far as just the general gameplay mechanics, what what do you think of playing the game? I mean, it sounds like you're enjoying. Oh, it. Oh, I really, yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely jumped in, and I, you know, I can jump in and play it and enjoy it really quickly, and that's always a big thing for me. Not having, I mean, I like sophisticated games but I like to be able to jump in and just play as well you know and I feel like this has a nice combination of both of those things it is a frantic game it's just you know one thing after another um I loved the um of the the um the cars that you drive and and a special (laughs) name for them yeah I I'm bad at driving in games generally. I don't play driving games for this very reason. Yeah. But man, I was having a blast running over Mark last night. Because <laughs> cool. we were both in cars and both kept crashing into each other. So <laughs> yeah, I always let John drive because I just I can't drive. Yeah, it's, it just, it, it's horrible. It was scene. a little crazy, but it was really fun too. And I like that it goes really fast. And once I mm-hmm. kind of got the hang of it, I could I could manage it pretty well. But I still ended up running into Mark just because I could. So <laughs> and you mentioned that it's frantic, but do you still you're talking about the fight scenes yeah 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 you still enjoy those though you feel successful and challenged yeah I haven't you know I've I've only had a couple of situations where um where I died repeatedly and that was usually because I was moving too fast through the story and I was I wasn't quite high level enough for where I had wandered into right um uh, and a couple of situations where that happened a couple times in a row but I kept going back to the the place I probably shouldn't have been um so I so I I'm still managing that uh I'm still getting I'm I'm used to two different types of play styles that the assassin is completely different from so I'm used to either being a melee character and going in and you know fighting in the middle right. of the fight and having lots of hit points or being a magic wielder that's standing in the back casting spells so having a sniper assassin is a really different play style for me to get used to standing back to do the damage mm-hmm. and not running down into the middle of everything. Um, so especially since the shooters, I usually play are like Left 4 Dead. And one of my favorite things in Left 4 Dead is a chainsaw. So, <laughs> you know, I have this like tendency to run into things. So I'm starting to learn a little bit more about, okay, you want to hang back and find a high place to like look and shoot from long distances. And so I'm still sort of getting the hang of that. But that's a reason why I picked that character class because I wanted to try to do something different so it's coming so what about you how how are you feeling about about the gameplay and engaging in it with as um, more I of a veteran yeah I think that it actually has improved a little bit I think they've made some nuanced changes mm-hmm. that really are enhancing the gameplay mm-hmm. I really really enjoy playing distance characters the fight scenes are in general really mixed up now yeah in the the previous version it was pretty repetitive i think as far as the way the enemies acted oh you could 
you, you could just sort of see a pattern right. and there, they were very limited in their reactions to you and how they attacked. Right. Um, now that doesn't mean that it was boring at all, No. but you knew what to expect right. from, from certain types of any enemies. There are bandits, right. there are psychos, there are midgets, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it seems that they have nuanced that a little bit. And when you enter a battle, you have got characters in the distance, yeah. really far away. You've yeah. got some yeah. that are running at you. Right, the one run right up to you, especially right the psychos, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you've got some that are standing behind uh, barriers that are midway mm-hmm. that you could shoot with a pistol pretty right. easily or right. throw a grenade at. Right. The the fight scenes are a lot more strategic. Mm-hmm. You can approach it in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. You can approach it with multiple uh, character classes. Right. So there are some nuanced changes there that are very nice. Right. Um, and I just want to make a note here, too, because you the fight scenes are frantic. Mm-hmm. They are, there are tons of enemies. They're coming at you from all sides. But the other thing that I notice is that when... I'm approaching a new area or I've eliminated all the enemies in the area. You can tool around there forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can ransack the place to your heart's desire. Look, look, look. You very often have an audio uh, commentary or clap trap that's saying, come over here, come over here, follow the sound of my voice or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Clap trap. I actually thought was kind of funny. Little guy. Yeah. Um, But you don't have to, I I, I tend to be driven by that because I'm in the moment and I'm in the game. It's like, oh my God, I've got to go over here. Right. But you actually can meander around Mm -hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. And so I don't want anybody to get the impression that the game is like that nonstop. Um, When you're in a fight, you can get out of it and go to another area. You can cool down, get some more ammo or whatever. But when the fight's are challenging and, and diverse and multi-level. It's yeah. really, it's really cool. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, you know, that there was much difference, like I said, since I didn't play the first one, but that was one of the things that I noticed too, that you're generally not walking into a group that's doing all of the same type of damage or doing all of the same types of things. And there's a lot of humor that it, in, in the things that the characters that you're killing say and what they're doing and how they're behaving, there's a lot of yes. sort of twisted humor that I just absolutely adore the, the interactions and some of the things that they're saying. And, you know, it's just, it just cracks me up on a regular basis as we're playing. I'm like, what did he just, you know, cause one of the psychos is one point where we're walking through one of the psychos is like, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> did he just say that? <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I forgot to mention. We were talking about the the world development. That's one of the charming styles Mm -hmm. from the original Borderlands that I'm glad that they just continually are playing off of is they've just got a great sense of humor. And you just, you you have to listen and you catch these things. And it's just, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you're seeing it because it it really is one of the absolute charming. Yeah, it just cracks me up. And some of of the characters and the things the characters are saying to you and the different, you know, kind of they're just so outrageous. And it's just so much fun. And you get the sense, like you said, and like you heard from the developers at Dragon Con, you know, they had a good time putting this game together. And it shows in the gameplay. And and I love that idea that they're creating something that they enjoyed creating it so we're enjoying playing it you know so 
Yeah, I think it's it's very obvious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now you mentioned you played on Steam, so you played multiplayer. Yep. And I I take it that that gameplay was really good. Yeah, that was really, really easy. And it's really nice when you have, um, you know, with the Steam community and the way Steam is set up and the way the game loads in Steam, as soon as you enter the game, you see on the the right-hand side of your screen, you see all your friends who are playing it. So you see everybody who's in, what level they are, and what quest they're on. So, you know, from just looking at that, if you could jump in and play with them or if, you know, they could, you know, come and play with you or, or however you want to handle it. But it, it's really a very well integrated multiplayer system. We hit a glitch where I started a game and uh, people couldn't join it where it would hang for loading. Hmm. Um, but we found that if we had to reset um, the game memories had to re-download a couple of the files more than once um and then shut steam down and boot it back up and then oh my goodness since then we've been able to get in with no with no problems but the first time we tried to play four people multiplayer we couldn't get everybody in the game well one of the things that everybody at dragon was excited about and probably just in general is the multiplayer online and split screen Mm -hmm. yes and I, I have to say that that's been one of my complaints over the years that console gaming has been getting away from. Right. I like playing in the same room. I've said it before yeah. with my friends. Right. And the console has a hookup for two controllers. But for some reason, you can never find a game where you can play with two <laughs> controllers. The environment is rich. Mm-hmm. There is a lot going on. It is a very frantic battle. And when you enter into split screen you lose 50% of your visual right. real estate. Right. Yep. There's only so much you can do with that. Right. In the original, the split screen was vertical. Mm-hmm. It was a left and right split screen. They moved it to horizontal. And it's really funny because I remember playing in the original, sitting there going, man, I have no perspective to my left and right mm-hmm. when I'm fighting. Right. And so now I'm in horizontal and I'm like, man, I can't see my entire nav bar. I, I'm <laughs> having to scroll up and down to look at my inventory. Right. Well, you're going to give 50% real estate up somewhere. Yeah, exactly. There's There's got to be a compromise somewhere. It would be nice if the AI were sophisticated or the UI were sophisticated enough that when you popped into your inventory, it would make the screen, you know, vertically split, you know, yeah, but if you're gonna if you're gonna inventory fifteen guns, yeah. you're gonna have to scroll one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have to do that on the PC as well. You know, I, yeah. I can't see my entire inventory on my screen when I pop it open. But but I'm also not sharing my screen with anybody. So yeah, <laughs> I'm just I, I think I'm just glad that they stuck with it mm-hmm. because I'd rather be able to sit down and play in the room mm-hmm. with. Uh, my friends or with my husband and then play online with my friends that's the way I want to play right yeah Yeah. so I'm I'm glad that that they did it that way and I've tried it out and it works great I really enjoyed it that's good I'm glad I'm glad that I agree I think you know there is as we constantly say on the show (laughs) gaming is a social activity so doing things and making it so that we can't game with each other just goes against the nature of of gaming and play and and all all the fun and all the things that we love about what we do so yeah 
we want to hopefully you know put that out there that you know please keep the options so that we can play the ways that we want to play yeah and so overall two thumbs up yes absolutely yeah yeah go go check out borderlands 2 if you haven't already checked it out go buy it come play with me on steam um as i said before we have a group on steam for the podcast so just search for game on girl on steam or search for me doc liz with two z's and it's my group so you can come join make recommendations check out borderlands 2 all that good yeah. stuff on that. It's really, I love Steam. That was one of the things I was telling Rhonda before we started recording the show today that my hard drive on my gaming computer died recently. One of the things I love about having all my games on Steam, I know it's a, you know, there's a lot of controversy about cloud storage, et cetera, et cetera. But all I had to do was log into Steam, download Steam, and then all my games were there. I didn't have to like go searching for discs. <laughs> Yeah, that is good. <laughs> to download everything and I didn't lose my progress and my achievements and any of the games that I played, you know, all that was still there for me. So it's really, it's really handy. So I didn't have to go back in and start, you know, my third round of Plants vs. Zombies over again. Well, I'm obviously a fan of Borderlands and I think more than anything now, it reflects a company that not just not only loves their job is very creative and very talented, but a company that that loves their users. Yeah, absolutely. And listens to them and takes takes the the feedback to heart. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I mean, we, we've seen companies that take user feedback and make the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. They have knee jerk reactions exactly. or overreact or whatever. Yep. Uh, they appear to be have been mature enough to balance what was really an issue or what really hindered gameplay from the gamer's perspective mm-hmm. they they know how to get into the gamer's mind and say you know they're right about that right exactly and and take the feedback and do something with it as opposed to saying mm-hmm. now well we're just going to do what we want to do anyway yeah i mean the, the the audience playing the game is much bigger than the however many guys you've got working at your company developing right. the game and and you can tell that mm-hmm. and your your fans are going to stick with you i mean to me borderlands 2 is a is an object lesson mm-hmm. to other game developers about how it's done right exactly and the way to approach it and the way to approach your fans to keep your fans <laughs> yeah if any companies well, are interested in doing such a thing <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no kidding that, i guess that's a question you should ask first <laughs> it is <laughs> are you interested in maintaining your user pool <laughs> If you are, don't alienate and piss them off. (laughs) It's weird you have to say it. It it is weird that you have to say it, but we've watched repeatedly with certain companies that shall remain nameless. (laughs) They launched an expansion that I'm not buying. And I'm delighted that I'm not buying it. <laughs> oh, you've got to name names. That's what we do. Oh, uh, well, Miss of Pandaria is out this week. And I, oh, yeah, I have right. never been happier to not be buying an extension yeah. or uh, an expansion for a game. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's like with it's like with Diablo 3. I feel like such a dupe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, oh, geez, I spent that much money on that thing. Won't be happening again. Sorry, guys. No. <laughs> well, Borderlands 2 is available for PC, Xbox 360, and PlayStation 3. And by now, it has been released internationally as well as in the U.S. It is a mature rating from ESRB, but there is a gameplay option that you can turn off uh, the visual gore. And you can buy it through most of your regular retail distributors. 
Um, if you've got any feedback for Borderlands 2, you want, or you've taken it a spin or you disagree with anything that we've said here, we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback and your views on Borderlands 2. You've been listening to Game on Girl. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at Row Room. That's R-H-O, R-H-O-O-M. Or you can read my tech blog at droolonthefrog.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known on Steam and Twitter. Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on the website, gameongirl.com. You can also leave comments and feedback through our Twitter at game underscore on underscore girl or email us at regina at gameongirl.com. We'd love to hear your experiences playing Borderlands 2. If you think it's as much fun as Ron and I are, if you're having as much fun with it. If you are really interested, maybe we can schedule some dates for and times uh, for fans of Game on Girl to all, pot, all play together on Steam. So oh. let me know if you guys are interested in that. And I'd love to get some, some like dates to game together set up. This podcast is edited with Audacity, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks for listening, and until next time, game on!